The following episode is brought to you by the law offices of Iwa Carbo. Have you been in a car accident, a slip and fall? Have you received a speeding ticket? Do you need a free consultation? If so, give the law offices of Iwa Carbo a call at 305-200-3760 for all your legal needs and let them know that the comic book nerd sent you. Looking for news in the comic book world? Looking to hear what we think about your favorite comic book movies, TV shows, and books? Well, check us out now on Captain Diamond and Super Dad, the comic book nerds. Welcome, guys, to the third episode of the Comic Book Nerds, and this is Captain Diamond. And I'm Super Dad, and we're here talking Iron Man 3. That's right, everyone. Iron Man 3 has won the poll. Uh, let me tell you, that Age of Ultron did not even come close to that. And with us today, we have a very special guest who I am kind of selfishly glad he won. No offense, John, because I couldn't choose a better guest than my first guest, Brother Renee. Brother Renee, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I'm very excited. And uh, what's up, John? Ooh, John, shots fired, man. We're still waiting for that response. Ooh. So we're here to talk Iron Man 3. Now, Renee and I have a special relationship when it comes to Marvel movies. I think we've seen the last couple of Marvel movies together, including recently Deadpool 2 that we saw together, which, yeah, it isn't in this universe, sort of. But, you know, it's still a Marvel movie. It should still count. So we're here. We're ready. Um, again, want to thank everyone that has subscribed. I want to thank everyone that has liked uh, and shared our page. And honestly, I want to thank everyone who was able to vote on the poll. This poll this past week really grew. And I think it had a lot to do with the blood feud going on between John and Renee, Age of Ultron versus Iron Man 3, which Renee slayed the dragon here. So let's get to it. Um, all right, Captain Diamond, you like it with let's break down the characters first? Yes. All right, so the first character here is Happy Hogan, the bodyguard of the Iron Man. What do you think of looking back and seeing Happy Hogan? Well, I think he's an amazing character in the Iron Man universe, and um, I think he's awesome and really fun. All right, Brother Renee, what do you think about seeing Happy Hogan in his role in this movie? It was good to see him because I think as uh, the timeline has uh, moved along, we've seen less of him. And I think it was good to reminisce on what his character was, how funny he is, and how he thinks that he's the, you know, quote-unquote protector of Iron Man, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, I truly enjoyed seeing him again. Um, Diamond, I don't know if you know this, but did you know that the actor that plays Happy Hogan... John Favreau was actually the director of Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. Well, I actually knew that, and it was actually very interesting to find out. Yeah, I mean, this is the first Iron Man movie he didn't direct. This one was directed by Shane Black. But it was good to see him back in the role of Happy Hogan, because let me tell you, he his role in Iron Man 1 was actually one of my favorites. Now, Iron Man 2, I haven't seen it in years, so I don't even remember whether or not he's in it or whether or not he has a big role. But I was great to see Happy Hogan, especially in that flashback scene with the mullet. That one to me was great. Yep. Now, the next one on my list here is Pepper Potts, a.k.a. Mrs. Iron Man. 
What did you think about seeing Pepper Potts in the role that she had in this film? Well, I actually liked her in this film, how she had this superpower going on later on in the movie, and it was a great twist. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see her. She definitely had a bigger role in this one than she's had in the last previous ones. Obviously, in the Avenger film, she always has a minor role. In this film, she actually had a lot of action sequence. Brother Renee, what is your opinion of Pepper Potts in Iron Man 3? I think she's been pretty consistent with her role in all the Iron Man films as being, you know, the one to try to uh, maintain the calm and the craziness of what is Tony Stark's life. Um, I do agree. I do believe that she did have a bigger role on this one than the other ones, which made it more interesting and actually made the, the movie a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, one thing that I did notice about it is if you notice what's going on now in 2018 is a sort of women's revolution, especially when it comes to film and TV, where you're seeing TV shows like Arrow, Flash and, you know, obviously Supergirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, where the women are the ones kicking butt. And here we have Pepper Potts back in Iron Man 3 become sort of the, the hero of the film you know, taking that role years before the quote-unquote women's revolution. Um, so to me, it was a surprise to see the role that she took in. We'll get into a lot more of uh, her role in this movie as we move on with this episode. Uh, the next one on my list, um, I have a very different opinion on. Harley, which is the kid in the film. The kid where Iron Man crashes into his yard. Um, Captain, what do you think about Harley? I think Harley was an amazing character, and he's one of my favorites. And <clears throat> without him, we couldn't have not seen a lot of this stuff. So I think he's a really big character. All right, Brother Renee, let's see what your opinion on this is, because I see Captain went the complete opposite way of what my opinion is about this Harley character. What about you? I think he had its funny moments in the, in the movie. Um... But I don't think he had that much of an impact on on the movie per se. It was it was fun. Um, the moments he had with Tony, where Tony got super sarcastic with him, um, given the moments that he was going through at the time with everything that had going on um, with the destruction of his home and and all that. And um, but I, I I think he also played. One important part in the movie, which I think is very memorable if you really, really pay attention, which is he reminds Tony what he really is, which is something he told them, which is, hey, you're a mechanic. Build something. And I think that's very key on what happens afterwards towards from that moment all the way to the end of the movie. All right. Well, I'm going to be very blunt with my opinion on this kid. I hated him. I hated everything <laughs> about Harley. Everything. I hate when a movie grabs on to a kid as kind of a co-host to them. I hated it here. I've hated it in Dick Tracy. Why, why, why do you need to bring a child and mix him into this? I get it. Robin was a kid in the comics. But you know what? <coughs> Robin wasn't a kid in all these movies. He's <coughs> always been an adult that portrays him. I am not a fan of Harley. I am glad we haven't seen Harley. And I hope, hope, hope that if they decide to bring Harley any other time in the Marvel Universe, 
that he is grown up by then because a child does not deserve to have that role. Yes, I am staring right at you, wow. but this isn't the Marvel Universe. This isn't a movie. My God, I did not like Harley. I'm just throwing it out there. Send your hate tweets to at BeardClick. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more that I can say about Harley. All right, let's move on to, from Harley. Wait, but tell us how you really feel. I mean, I can't get more blunt than that. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get to the point where I'm probably going to have a shirt made of I hate Harley. And sorry, Harley, my cousin, this wasn't towards you. Um, all right, so next on our list, um, cold-blooded. Um, the bald henchman, sort of, the fade henchman of the villain. Um what did you think? I think that he was a very big <clears throat> character, and I actually liked his powers and how his character was, how he was kind of dark, and I think they played his character really well. All right. Brother? He annoyed me because I feel like every time we we got some sort of light on finding out you know, what was the plans of the Mandarin or anything like that, here he comes. He just got in the way of everything. It's like, dude, can you just go away? Like, that's how I felt throughout the movie. He's one of those um, bad guys that he plays is so good. He annoys you every time he appears on screen. And that's how I felt about him. Yeah. I mean, I like the character because I like to hate him. My only thing about this character is the fact that because everybody else had the same power as him, he wasn't able to shine as much as I think he would have. I feel like if he was the only one that was able to really heat up, you know, yeah, give it to Pepper at the end. But just because every single villain there, including the main one, was able to heat up the way they did, it took away from him. You know, give him something different. They didn't really do that. But aside from that, I mean, I really liked him. I really like to hate him. <laughs> and Brother Renee and him apparently share a barber together because uh, Brother Renee, you've got that same haircut. Shout, um, out, to, shout out to my barber snacks. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next, we have the right hand man of Iron Man. We have War Machine, aka in this movie, the Iron Patriot. Tell me what you really feel about the Iron Patriot. I love the Iron Patriot. I like how it's an American hero, and he wasn't scary when he was like War Machine. You really got scared from him. This guy, he's more nicer, and I think he's amazing as the Iron Patriot. They should have kept him that way in every movie. All right, before I switch it over to you, brother, let me ask something to Captain. So what you're saying is you want the Iron Patriot to look like a fluffy puppy while he's defending <laughs> our borders, our president. You want him to look nice. You don't want him to look threatening to Al-Qaeda. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yes. Beautiful. I don't... I'm speechless on this podcast. I'm, I'm speechless. I'm in awe here. Send your hate tweets. He doesn't have Twitter. <laughs> Just, I don't know, hashtag Captain Diamond or something. Maybe we'll get a Twitter for him. And you guys can send his hate tweets. Al-Qaeda, I'm sorry. There's no fluffy uh, dinosaur, uh, Iron Patriots in America. You know, I, I, don't, I don't even know. The brother, tell me something. <laughs> oh man you know um i'm about to you know shoot, shoot some fire towards marvel here because i feel like iron patriots uh what dc did to superman when he joined the government in a way you know 
uh, always protecting um, the president. And every time they needed him to clean up, you know, around the world or whatever. That's what it reminds me of in, in a way. But I have to be honest and I got to say, I just love War Machine. Just the name of it, War Machine. And it gives like this really powerful, not only name, but look to what what he is supposed to be. And the original idea, right? Which was War Machine. So, yeah, man, I mean, I love Rhodey. Um, he's a really cool character. He's fun. And, um, yeah, man, that's I, I wasn't really digging the, the Iron Patriot on this one. I, sorry, man, no, no fluffiness for me. <laughs> All right, so my first instinct when they introduced the Iron Patriot is Marvel doesn't believe in secret identities. The minute they show the Iron Patriot, they're like, here's Captain Rhodes. You know, the Iron Patriot. So right away, it sounds like a gimmick. It sounds like this is a wrestling stage where they're introducing the wrestler and they're giving his, you know, kayfabe name. So right away, I was like, really? You just admitted to who's under that? So Rose's entire family right there, he's not Tony Stark's where he has this house to protect him. So right away, they're saying, hey, Rhodes is Iron Patriot. So Al-Qaeda, there he is. Why? Why is that the first thing? The other thing is, I hate the Iron Patriot. I love America. <laughs> I love Captain America. But I hate the Iron Patriot. It is not what it was supposed to be. They tried turning him into the super soldier for the United States government, which obviously failed. I, you know, I hated so much about it. I'm not going to get into it right now. We'll get into it as we go. But, I mean... I. I hated it. Send your hate tweets at Beer Click. Um, all right, next. The Mandarin, Trevor, played by Ben Keasley. What did you think? I think he was a really good Mandarin because he looked scary, but not too scary because the Mandarin isn't supposed to be looking really scary, you know? So I think he was a really good Mandarin. Okay. Hey man, um, he had a very very interesting look. That's that's the look I try to go for before I start balding, you know. As far as like the hair, um, man, you know he he was he was really convincing, you know, that he was the Mandarin and that he was the one uh, uh, doing all those quote unquote bombings, right? And um, once you get to find out who he really is, it was it was the most hilarious thing I had ever seen at that point. I think in a, in a Marvel movie, and he's such a great actor. To go from being so serious to being this like goofball, um, like he ended up being. So I, I I think I think I give him props for for playing the character the way he that he did. I think it was enjoyable, um, and again he could he he convinced me that he was the 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 main the main bad guy in this one. I have two opinions on the character of Mandarin and Trevor. My first opinion is the comic book nerd inside of me. That's not the Mandarin I used to read as a child. You read about him the way that you read about Osama Bin Laden. It is the guy who causes <coughs> havoc. It's, you know, one of the worst enemies to the Marvel Universe. So that's who I was expecting when I heard the Mandarin was the villain in this movie. When I watched this movie and got swerved with... Here it is. It's Trevor. He's an actor. Right there, I was completely... At first, I'm going to tell you, the first time I ever saw this movie, I was in complete shock. I was disappointed. 
Watching it again now, I'm just, I loved it. I completely loved it because it was a swerve. They really had us going. The trailers, the buildup was really everything. I have to agree with you on something. Um, the first time I saw the the movie, uh, when it came out back in, uh, was it two, 2013? I, I was a little disappointed in myself and I was, I left the theater wondering what did I just watch? What was going on? Because just like you say, that was not the Mandarin that I knew of as far as the comics. So I was a little thrown off by it. But again, rewatching it, I did enjoy the the character. And, you know, I didn't have that same opinion that I did all those, you know, years ago about it. Yeah, I mean, watching it now, I was honestly... I was kind of dreading this movie. I was kind of dreading the fact that I had to watch this movie. I felt like it was going to be homework for me. Yeah. I put it on and I just sat there. And at one point I had to stop and I remember getting upset. Thinking, oh my God, why am I going to pause it? Because I honestly, I forgot what the movie was. I remember the swerve. Yeah. I forgot the movie. I enjoyed it. Which takes us to the swerve. Killian, Aldrich Killian... AKA the best Brad Pitt lookalike I've ever seen in my life was the villain of this movie. Captain, what'd you think about that? I think it really surprised me because he does not look like a villain at all. And he does he acts like one, but he doesn't look like one. He doesn't give you the feel that he is a villain. So I know he's an important character, but I really didn't like him because he didn't look like a villain. Going back to the flashback of 1999, I had a feeling that he was going to come back in some point in the movie and, and, and be, you know, one of those uh, characters that comes back and, and just, you know, tries to get revenge, which is, which is what he did, technically speaking. Um, again, it's just that... Um, I did not think that he was the Mandarin at, at first. I knew he, he was going to be a, a, a part of it, but I thought more of like he's going to work with the Mandarin, not that I guess he ends up being the actual Mandarin. Um, he was he was a good good bad guy. Um, and hell yeah, was a, the best uh, Brad Pitt lookalike I've ever seen. I, I got to agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first saw this movie, I remember thinking the exact same thought. They're going to try to swerve us that he was working with the Mandarin. And I kept thinking, that's horrible because we're already expecting. I'm watching this movie already expecting yes. him to be the right-hand man of the villain. Boy, was I wrong. Especially um, when he goes to talk to Pepper Potts at the office. So what, what my first thought then was, okay, so he's going to present whatever technology it is that he's presenting to, to Pepper Potts, and then it's going to come out that he's been the right-hand man to the Mandarin all along. But, And I'm, I'm obviously guessing the first time you saw this, that's what you were guessing. That's what I was guessing. Yeah. What about you, Captain? Did you think he was going to end up being the right-hand man? I thought, yeah, he was going to be the right-hand man. He... I, I, I don't know. He looks like a right-hand man kind of person. Yeah. And then, look at that. Brad Pitt ended up being the villain this whole time. So now, it's time for the big dog. 
the rise and fall of Tony Stark. What did you think about Tony Stark from the beginning? Tony Stark when he hit rock bottom. Tony Stark at the end. Overall, how did you feel about the character of Tony Stark in this movie? I like how in the beginning you saw saw him trying to like make adjustments to him and the suits and trying to be more into the suits. And then when he hit rock bottom, I I liked how he was building up and trying not trying to be Tony Stark, not Iron Man. And then at the end, I love how he became Tony Stark, but he was still using a suit. And but you really saw that it was Tony Stark, not Iron Man. All right, brother. What did you think about the rise, fall, and I guess the rebirth of Tony Stark in this movie? I, I there's something I love about um, continuity when it comes to um, whether it's TV shows or films. I love when the story just keeps flowing. So the fact that on Iron Man three, we're touching up on what happened in New York with Avengers. The fact that they're showing that hey. Look, yeah, he's Iron Man, but at the end of the day, he's just a man. He's human. So he's suffering from PTSD from what happened there because of what he had to do. Basically, him sacrificing himself after, you know, Captain America sort of calls him out. And um, the fact that he's suffering through all that, he's going through all his emotions, um, you know, has panic attacks. And, you know, through, I guess, all the emotions that he's dealing with, that's when he... Tells the world where he lives at. And just everything. And I guess that's where you insert the kid. Even though you hate it. But I guess that's where you insert the kid. And the kid was there to 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 remind him of who he is. Maybe it's a little cliche about it. You know, having a kid doing it. But that's where, hey, you're a mechanic, right? Build something. And that's where he kind of remembers who he is. I love the fact that. We didn't need Iron Man in this movie to make it a good movie. We just needed Tony Stark. And it was amazing to see Tony Stark because it was good to see that he's more than just his suits. Yeah. That he's, you know, the, the I guess, brain power that he has, you know, so to speak, which is what his, you know, I guess, m- mantra is. Um, because he's supposed to be this very smart, intelligent, you know, person. No, I definitely agree. This movie, as much as it was titled Iron Man 3, it really was the Tony Stark movie, which Robert Downey Jr. earned all his money being there because instead of him just hiding behind a mask the whole time and having a stunt double be the one in control of everything, there you were seeing Tony Stark, seeing him break down again, seeing him pretty much at the level of what he was when he was in that cave. When he was no longer with the billions of dollars and he had to rebuild himself again. And I think he did a great job doing it. He didn't need the kid, in my opinion. That's just my thing 100%. But I agree with the stance of PTSD. Especially there is that one scene where he's at the diner and the little boy and the little girl draw a picture for him. The little boy just creeps up to his ear and whispers... How did you get out of that wormhole? And you just see him break out and he needs to run out and he runs into the vitals and he tells Jarvis, Jarvis, what's going on with me? And Jarvis is like, dude, you're having a panic attack. Chill. You know, it was good to see the human side of the Iron Man because a lot of us forget watching it. Yeah, this is a fictional movie, but they're they're showing that what if the regular man, what if that was Bill Gates 
who had all that <coughs> money and Bill Gates decided it's still a human at this entire time. He wasn't a soldier. He wasn't, you know, um, you know, Rhodes who was in that suit who had gone to Afghanistan, gone to Iraq. This is just a regular man who is now killing, who's now doing all these things that he never thought he was going to do. He thought he was just going to be a billionaire playboy that was just going to do all these things. He wasn't he wasn't out to avenge his parents the way Batman was. You know, he had accepted the fact that his parents died in a car accident. He went on to be a billionaire playboy. And it was only because of the fact that he was caught in a cave in the first Iron Man movie that he put into the role he's in now. We never got to see him with that PTSD after those movies. And here we finally get it because of what happened in the first Avengers movie. And I thought that was great. Um, one thing that um, I did see uh, about this researching about this movie after watching it is I don't know if you guys know this or not. This movie, the final cut, was two hours and 10 minutes. They actually had a three-hour, 15-minute version. So there are more scenes out there that we didn't get to enjoy. Do you think that that extra hour would have made this a completely different movie? Or do you think that they did right in cutting the pieces the way that they did? I think, I think it would have been a di completely different movie if they if they had it for three hours because we get to experience it more and it'll be totally different. It would have changed the dynamic for sure. Because again, you don't know, there's a lot you can fill in in an hour in a movie. So, you know, we obviously don't know what the scenes may, may have been, you know, um, what different turns the movie uh, would have taken. Um, so, yeah, for sure. It would have been a different movie from what we got. That's without a doubt. Okay. So, also, I don't know if you guys know this or not. Um, the flashback scene, the very famous flashback scene, the 1999. Tony Stark is walking through and you see somebody grab onto him and say, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. Did you know who that was? Who? The guy that grabs onto Tony and says, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. He has glasses. He's kind of bald. No. Do you recognize that guy? Did you? I did not. It is the guy who was in the cave with him in the first Iron Man movie. The one that helps him build Mark I. Oh. Okay. Oh, it's running in right yeah, now, guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. Everyone, listeners. You're, yes. right. They brought him back for Iron Man 3 for that scene. There is a scene in Iron Man 1 where he says to him, you don't remember meeting me, do you? Well, how could you? Look how wasted you were. I'm surprised you were even able to give a speech at all. That was the night. 1999. Oh the God. night that Tony meets Killian is the night that he also meets, I believe his name is pronounced Yison or Yison. That is the night that he meets him. And that is the night where it all begins. So it's like that flashback goes full circle it with the whole circle. story of, of Iron Man as far as uh, the movies. So speaking of full circle... Robert Downey Jr. had stated right around the same time this movie was going to be released, this was going to be his last time ever playing Tony Stark, his last time playing Iron Man. There were, this is the first Marvel movie where the after credits was not going to be a continuance into the Marvel Universe that if you would have just taken Tony right out of there, there was no future. Yeah, you had Bruce Banner in the after credit. But it wasn't about bringing him into another Avengers movie. It wasn't about anything. It was literally, you could have put a bow on it and you could have continued with that. What do you think 
the Marvel Universe would have been if this would have been Robert Downey Jr.'s last movie. We wouldn't have gotten Iron Man in Age of Ultron. We wouldn't have gotten him in Infinity War. We wouldn't have gotten him in Civil War. We wouldn't have gotten him in Homecoming. The dynamic with him in Spider-Man, the dynamic with him in Captain. How different, good or bad, would the Marvel Universe be it would without be a, him? It would be a terrible difference. It would be bad without him because for most of the stuff, you need him. You need the character. It would be different and probably bad. I don't think that they would have taken out Iron Man completely from the universe. I think they would have probably gotten someone else to play Iron Man, which would have been a terrible thing as well. I agree with you, Captain. Um, and it's it's like saying Hugh Jackman won't be Wolverine anymore. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. So to me, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. So had he really not, you know, sign a new contract and continue being Tony Stark slash Iron Man, I think it would have really hurt the franchise a lot. Again, because of what you mentioned, the dynamic and that he has with, with Spider-Man, with Captain America, just him, the way he portrays the character so beautifully. I think it would have it would have really tarnished um, um, the Iron Man legacy as far as the, the Marvel uh, cinematic. So I'm really glad that he stayed on board and that we still have him to this day as as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, definitely, this is not a character that you can just easily recast. You know, yeah, maybe you could put another Iron Man, another person, but you can't put another Tony Stark in this universe. Yeah, you, we all know one day all these movies are going to get rebooted because that's what people do. How many Batmans have we had? You know, how many Spider-Mans have we had? But... In this Marvel Universe right now, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. If this would have ended, how do you go forward into the next phases without Tony Stark? Yeah, you could easily get Rhodes to be Iron Man. The same way as everyone's always said, the day Chris Evans doesn't want to be Captain America anymore, you can get you know Bucky, you can get um, Falcon to step into those shoes. But without Tony Stark... I don't think we would have what we have right now going on in the Marvel Universe. And especially with what's going on with Infinity War, it wouldn't have gotten there. We wouldn't have gotten to Infinity War and we wouldn't have gotten to what this argument with Thanos, all these things without Tony Stark. I feel like it would have gone downhill. Yeah, we would have still had enjoyable movies because we had the Guardians coming out. We had, you know, Winter Soldier. We had other movies. Tony Stark is this universe now i don't know what's going to happen with the next couple of phases but as far as this if this would have been his last movie at, with the first movie of the first chapter phase two iron man three if this would have been it i honestly don't know what was going to happen i honestly don't know what's going to happen i mean i am for one glad that somehow maybe money talks he was able to stay you know, and I mean, obviously, before I forget, there's a bigger character, in my opinion, than Tony Stark and Iron Man. And I mean, that is Mr. Stan Lee himself, uh, a.k.a. the Cameo Man. Um, Captain, did you or did you not notice the cameo in this movie? Yes, I did notice the cameo. 
And brother, did you realize it watching this movie? I probably did, but I probably just missed it. I probably turned my head or something, picked up my phone to text. I don't know, but you know, you cannot have a Marvel movie without the man himself. And um, I'm glad that until this day we're still able to to be um, able to watch him in, in, in little cameos as small as they are. They're amazing. No, and I agree. And I mean, every movie that he has, whether he's on the scene for five seconds, I find myself tapping the person next to me and I get all giddy and go, did you see who it was? Did you see who it was? And that's exactly what I did this time. When he shows up as the judge in the beauty pageant and he's holding up that 10 for whoever he was judging at that moment, I turned around, I looked at Captain, I was like, look who it is, look who it is. Because, I don't know, there's something about seeing him. I don't know the guy. I don't. I think I've only heard him really speak once in a podcast, I think it was. I believe it was Nerdist. Or the Kevin Smith podcast, I, you know, I don't know him. I don't really look up, to, you know, look into anything about him. But just knowing that he is the man behind everything. And mind you, I've always considered myself a Superman guy, a DC guy. And yet for me, seeing this man, I mean, he is just so special to all of our lives. To me is, uh, me personally, is just... I guess it's my way of, of, of thanking him for giving us what we have right now as far as the Marvel Cinematic World. Um, just seeing him, it's like, how else can we celebrate you? You know, we don't know you, right? There's nothing else we can do but just to cheer him on and be like, oh my God, it was Stanley. He was in the movie, did you see it? And, and just talk about that, how hilarious his cameo is. And I guess as a fan, that's that's my way of saying thank you for giving us what we have. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, his persona helps, too, in the fact that he loves being in front of that camera. Because if it was Kevin Feige, the executive producer for all these movies, nobody would. He could probably actually be in a cameo in all these movies. Probably. I wouldn't have caught it. <laughs> you know, but Stan Lee, I mean, we know who he is. Um, all right. So before we uh, finish up here, let's go straight to the rating system. Um, everyone that listens to the show knows we have a star rating system. One star means uh, one thumb down uh, or two thumbs down, actually. And five stars mean two thumbs up and in between. So, Captain, where do you give the star rating for this film? And tell me why. Well, I give it four star rating because I actually really like this movie. It's really funny. But also, there's some bad stuff about it. Not a lot, but some. So that's why I gave it four stars. All right. And brother, tell me what your uh, opinion on this movie is and your star rating on this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, good thing you're asking me this in 2018 and not 2013 because back then I would have told you probably a one star rating. And I would have told you that I did not enjoy the movie, but... Rewatching it again, I really enjoyed the movie. I there was a lot that I liked about it, so I would I would give it a four star. All right. Well, I agree with you in the sense that if I would have given a star rating that moment I came out of that movie theater, I would have given it a one star. I did not enjoy it back when I saw this on opening day, but here I am now, 2018, rewatching this movie. It's funny because I have here on my notebook written that I'm giving it a three star. But talking with you guys, really going into the rise and fall of Tony Stark, looking into how this was looked at to be the conclusion 
of the Iron Man character, I think I'm going to have to go with a four star. I think I'm going to have to give it a four star rating. I enjoyed it. I sat there. I saw the whole movie. I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. There was little subtle things where, you know, Captain Rhodes says, hey, um, can I borrow one of your suits? And, you know, Tony's like, no, these are only meant for me. And one of the suits comes to him with Jarvis saying, hold on and hugs him and bear hugs him and flies up. While all this is going down, I truly enjoyed this film. I'm giving it a four star. So that's what? Three four star ratings right here? Yes. That's right. Wow. Right across the board. I think this is the first time we have a tie in this thing. Um, we will be putting up our scores online. We're also going to be putting up the score for the last two films. We're going to have them ranked there so that you guys can keep up with where we're ranking these uh, Marvel movies um, as we keep it going. Um, really fast before we uh, finish this up. We have already um, our poll up for next week's show. Our poll is going to be going up to, I believe it's Thursday. So go out there, vote, reshare, let your people know to vote for this one. Um, all right. So, Captain, what will next week's poll be? Next week's poll will be Ant-Man versus Spider-Man Homecoming. All right. So those are two movies. Um, yes, we have seen all the Spider-Man movies of the past. We have a new Spider-Man. He was introduced to us at Civil War. We finally have a standalone movie for him. And we're going to see if this kid can stack up to the rest of the Marvel Universe. And then we have Ant-Man. Someone who you know I really was not too familiar with. But with an actor who I have a lot of respect for. Paul Rudd. From my days of watching him on Friends. And a lot of uh, other movies I used to see him in. Um, which some I can't mention because this is a kid-friendly show. Um, guys, check us out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, we're the Comic Book Nerds. Instagram, we're at the Comic Book Nerds, all together as one word. Twitter, we're at Comic Book Nerds underscore. Check us out. Let us know what you think. Any questions, uh, we'll give you a shout out. Um, you know, so we'll let in with that. Um, all right, we want to thank Brother Renee for being here. Brother, thank you so much for being our first official guest on this episode. Um, any words you'd like to say? Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, completely just, you know, steal this. And thank you to the millions and millions that, you know, probably like 20 people, right, <laughs> that voted for me uh, for this episode. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for all the love. Uh, John, you, you, you had to know, brother. You know, you, you were going one-on-one with a great one. <laughs> but no, for real, thank you guys. Thank you guys for thinking about me and, and, and being a uh, part of this this podcast. I loved it. I loved um, going back and watching Iron Man 3 and, and talking about it. So I really appreciate you guys for having me uh, as a guest for all of those, again, who voted for me. And uh, until next time. It was our pleasure having you. And this is Captain Diamond and Super Dad signing off. The Comic Book Nerds is a proud member of the Bearded Hashtag Podcast Network.